How do I do this again? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. In fact, wherever or whenever you're listening to this episode of the NI Golf Channel podcast. Now, after a well-earned winter break, the podcast is back for 2023. And myself and Emma, here we go. Hello, Emma, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Yep, not bad. Thanks very much. We're back to chat all things golf, and in particular, about mm-hmm. golf closer to home. I'd love to say that I've been playing a good bit, but it's been nothing but hosing down here for the last three or four days. So the golf clubs have been stashed away again. Before we okay. finish, I must tell you a yarn, but because I've been to St. Andrews. Yeah, you need to hear more about that. Definitely. Unbelievable. So what's on the agenda today? Okay, well, we're going to hear from Patrick Harrington, who is, we found out is going to be inducted into the World Golf Hall of Fame as part of the class of 2024, which is brilliant news. It is indeed. We'll try to work out what exactly is going on with Rory McIlroy and his driver. Yes, and then we can hopefully let him know. Uh, and we've got news of what's in terms of the very first NI swing, no less. Great news. Indeed, yeah. So before any of that, here's a few of the things you may not have been paying attention to of late. The mm-hmm. BBC NI recently ran a story revealing that clubs in NI are falling behind on gender equality. And that's according mm-hmm. to Golf Ireland. So apparently, according to the survey, um, only 16% of female golf club members in Northern Ireland have full membership compared to 60 in the Republic of Ireland. So that's an early one for you to get your teeth into, Miss Self. Mm-hmm. I should say a wee bit of context for this. Mm-hmm. There's equality legislation issues here, as you know. In NI, we do not have the same equality legislation as I have in the South. So yeah. they've pushed ahead. Clubs have had to react. We're still a wee bit lagging behind. But yeah. is legislation a good enough reason? I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, I was going to say that. like, But no, it's not really. I think it's sad that we need the legislation to drag it up to the same level as the Republic, to be honest, particularly when everything else to do with golf and golf legislation rather than legalities in both countries. You know, it's it's all combined. So you would sort of hope that the, the push that's come from Golf Ireland and things in general would have been leading the way and would have been enough for people to react. So hopefully not been flagged, flagged. And we will, you know, see see a bit more progress in there because there's been so much progress in like Dungannon having Alison as their um you know the first ever um just captain straight off captain of the whole club so there's you know there's pockets of real progress and real encouragement yeah it's it's a depressing figure um it is said there's been no real need no legislation no drive a lot of clubs are in the process of switching over and trying to update and trying to incorporate lady members as full members but it's not Mm going to happen overnight and no. as you say, the clubs just saying they're going to do it is different from actually doing it and making an environment, creating an environment in which women and lady members want to be full members. So that's part mm. of the you know, chicken and egg. So, yes, yeah. let's hope that there's, amb- I think the best way to describe it is there's plenty of ambition, 
Mm. We need to drive ahead and let's start seeing some action. And um, anyway, somewhere where there have been big changes about uh, the PGA Tour, uh, we've unveiled significant changes for the 2024 season. And those big headlines coming around the addition of eight small field events with zero cuts, which is suspiciously reminiscent, you could say, of our recent breakaway tour, who we do not name, much like Harry Potter baddies. Um, but no cut events. I mean, it's not brand new by any means. Are you a fan? Because no. No, Ooh, no, no, no. I have never liked, I have never liked, I don't like sport without jeopardy, full start, full uh-huh. start, full stop. So sport has to have jeopardy. So like, I wouldn't be a fan of these leagues where people don't get relegated and mm-hmm. things like that. So there has to be, it's okay when you're at the top, you're fighting for something. When you're at the bottom, you have to be fighting for something. So sport without jeopardy is not good. I've never been a fan of no-cut events. I don't find it to boil up until the second day, second or third, third, third or fourth day. So in mm-hmm. that, I'm not a fan. I'm also not a fan of the fact that it basically looks like a reaction to the other tour, which it is. I think everybody's openly said that. Yeah. But it could have been a bit more imaginative. Now, they may get a bit more imaginative and start taking more events worldwide as opposed to just keeping them at home in the good old US of A, but I'm not <laughs> expecting it. So no, not a fan. Rethink it, please. Let's make all these boys have to battle on a Saturday as opposed to coasting. Yeah, no, I I fully agree with you from that point of view, from a fan perspective. And then there's the other argument that a few people have seen um for the fans who are who are going to an event in particular so this would obviously make sense for the tv viewing audience i suppose as well if you're going and you've got tickets for the sunday and you're a massive Roy McIlroy fan and for whatever reason maybe the driver we'll discuss later he's not there at the weekend that's a massive disappointment if you've got a little eight-year-old with you and all he wanted to see was Roy McIlroy so it's a guarantee by having those events that that the players will be there and then you will attract the big bucks from the sponsors and all those things maybe we're too hard to please i don't know i don't know talking about pros and their whinging golf balls <laughs> uh, if you've been paying attention to the news recently and we're recording this sort of middle of february middle sorry middle of february middle of march <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, just 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 on St. Patrick's Day and the eve of St. Patrick's Day, um, the RNA and the USGA have revealed plans to try and curb the distances modern golf balls travel. So golf's mm-hmm. governing bodies have proposed what they're calling a model local rule, which will give competition organisers the option to require use of a ball tested under modified launch conditions. And this won't affect your average hacker, the likes of me, Emma, or yourself when you're out. You, average, you, yep. you, you, can, you can buy your pack of, you know, hard bricks that you can lose after 20 minutes and nobody complain. So this is going to be for your elite professionals and amateurs. And if the proposal is adopted, it'll take effect from January 2026. And there has been nothing except for one person. Porrick Harrington has come out supporting it. But most of the pros, especially the sort of more modern pros, have been complaining and calling it a travesty and it's a disgraceful, despicable thing and blah, 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 blah. I don't have a problem with bifurcation as a as a rule. 
as far as I'm concerned, for many years, golf pros have not been using the same equipment as the rest of us. Everything's yeah. tweaked, tweaked within an inch of itself. Everything's optimized to a way that none of the rest of us can do. So that's a load of nonsense. Golf balls may mm -hmm. be the one that pros do use the same, but even then, Tiger Woods used his own brand of balls for a long time. So anybody yeah. who thinks it's the same is living in Cloud Cookie Land. My concern is around <laughs> the amateurs, the use of it for amateurs. Yep. So here's what I'm thinking. If you're an elite amateur, you will use a particular brand of ball to become an elite amateur. Because elite yeah. amateurs are usually deemed according to handicap. So you're playing away, you're playing away, you get your handicap down, you get into a national mm -hmm. championship. So at that stage, at elite stage, your British arm, your Walker Cup, your US mm -hmm. arm, this goes through, that rule will be used. So you'll be expected yeah. to use a ball. The new ball. So what happens then is the knock-on effect of that is the elite amateurs within look within national championships, i.e., the Irish amateur, maybe even the West, yeah. the South, the North, they will revert to using the new balls because yeah. you have to give your amateurs the best chance of being able yeah. to compete on the national level. So by default. The next Everyone generation so. of yeah. professionals will end up playing the new ball. And if you're a, an amateur and a good developing amateur and will know that you want to reach elite level, you will start using you the new too. ball. So by yep. default, they will eventually roll through that the modern, the next generation of pros will be using the newer ball. Not about right? That was, that was beautifully put. Beautifully put. I, I think that is just but on to be perfectly honest and I, I don't know I think that's the other thing that the the only other idea for trying to fix this problem which has been being discussed for the last 20 odd years at the very least let's be honest um is oh you know about well you, you just got to change change the courses make the courses more penal blah 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 but if that's that's then you are creating a whole golf course like a whole yeah, tier of golf courses that are just for the pro game and then you are shutting off amateurs from being able to play those courses in the same way so i don't really and also if you that's only going to take you to a point but that's what they're doing already isn't it let's be honest it's not like everyone sat back and suddenly jumped at this we've been trying we they've been trying this they've been you know the way bryson won his us open it it was evidence that it, it's not going to take on the issues there are it's not going to solve them now maybe for the majority of the field at the moment but the progress is going to keep going isn't it the technology is going to keep improving we're not going to keep up there's not enough land to keep extending golf courses you know what so we just don't play augusta anymore because you know yeah, well, just... they're about the only ones going to afford to keep buying up plots of land that actually extend yeah. but you're right the, the resources is an issue you've got you know if you so you decide right we'll just let the rough grow well you you can't just guarantee the rough's going to grow the rough mm. needs fed and looked after and fertilized. And there's rules coming in, coming on. There's sustainability issues. Exactly. There's pesticide use. There's all those sorts of things that mm. are coming down the line. And you can't just keep lengthening. Okay, so onwards. And the great news that Project Harrington will be inducted into the World Golf Hall of Fame as part of its class of 2024. And here is what Project had to say on the matter himself. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's 
very humbling, uh, to be honest. I wasn't quite sure, you know, you're just not quite sure how you're going to feel. Uh, very humble to be included with the people who've gone before me. A lot of the, the, the people in the Hall of Fame, I would have put up on a pedestal and now I'm there included with them. And, and that takes a little bit to get my head around that I have to, you know, understand that, believe that, be part of that. Uh, and, and some of them I would have competed against and it, it took a while to get used to that at the golf course. But now that I'm in the Hall of Fame, there's there's many I would have put up on a, on a pedestal that I never competed against. You know, if you're looking at Trevino or or Sneed or Hogan, uh, you know, Nicholas, all, all these people, like now I'm in the Hall of Fame with the with these. It, it, it's phenomenal. Uh, so, yeah, it just lots going through my head, to be honest. And, it, and it's a very nice, you know, from a personal position, it's a very nice validation. Uh, a good sense of satisfaction that, you know, it ties my career together, brings it all together. Uh, you know, I've often said in my career, I've done nice things in a very good progression. At each stage, I kind of progressed. Uh, but this definitely pulls it all together. Maybe at that time in my life when you are looking back and it, and it, it gives a sense of satisfaction and validation to, to what I've done in golf. Oh, Porig loves a wee bit of... You know what? I was just... I've said before, is there anybody currently in golf and drowning themselves more than Porig Harrington? Oh, he no. just seems to have the perfect attitude to everything. It's like, I'm yep. going to just try my damnedest at everything. If it doesn't come off, it doesn't come off. He's powerful crack. He always has been, but he just yeah. seems to be in such a good space at the minute. It's brilliant. A wee bit more relaxed now about it, like the, the, the tinkering and the trying stuff and the flip, flipping between the PGA Tour and the Champions Tour. You know, what a nice position to be in. What a nice position to be in. He, deser he deserves it all. And I'm so glad that any disappointment about the, you know, his Ryder Cup captaincy or rather the result of that Ryder Cup is, you know, not obviously being held against him in his nomination. No, it's funny, yeah. Which is really, really it's good, good. It's a good point. Now, you think about it like uh, uh, pouring that Ryder Cup team that absolutely hammered. Hammered. Mm. And there was, there's been no blowback, no no sort of in-depth analysis of what Porig did wrong or didn't do wrong or if he did anything wrong. And mm -hmm. you'd have expected something. But no, it's just as almost, it just shows you maybe it's a testament to how people view him and respect him. Or maybe it is yeah. that from inside the team room, they just reckoned the, they were on to hiding for nothing from the start. But his mm -hmm. Ryder Cup experience and the Ryder Cup, the Ryder Cup captaincy, People never mention it. No, never no. discussed. Really, strange one. It really, yes, it's not quite um the Faldo experience of uh like I don't know. It was almost like it really damaged his legacy, didn't it? Like did did for a long time, even more so than his commentating. But anyway, yeah. let's move on from that. Okay, hot off the presses, and this is only been announced this week as i said uh, middle of march big news for golf in this part of the world na it's called the na swing and it's going to see three events played in the province over a 10-year period 10-year 10-day <laughs> period in june uh, the new initiative is part of the mizuno next gen series and will carry a total prize fund of 165,000 across three events where men and women professionals will compete uh, amateurs will also get a chance to tee it up. So this is where it's going to start. It's going to start at Clandy Boy 
mm-hmm. June the fourteenth, the sixteenth, with the fifty hole, fifty-four hole stroke play event. That's the sixty thousand pound NA Masters. From then, moves to Carndu for the NA Open Pro Am on Sunday, June the eighteenth, and finally Galgorm will host the £100,000 prize pot NI Open presented by Modest Golf Management from June the 20th to the 22nd. That'll be another 54-hole stroke play event. And the two leading male players and the top female player from the NI Swing Order of Merit will secure their places and go back to Galgorm later in the year for the ISPS Honda World Invitational, which this year is August the 17th, the 20th. So do you know what? I think that's a brilliant idea. I really do. I think it fills the gap that's been left by the demise of the Euro Pro Tour. Fantastic. Yeah, exactly that. Because exactly that. That, was, that was in such a good place. Like We were definitely really gutted about that. Um you know, when that was announced at the end of last year because it had been building and building and and it's nice that it's able to be you know the same clubs involved and you know because they, they maybe get to get you know familiarized and the fields involved really want to come back and, and play them and all, just the whole thing is brilliant and the investment is you know it's quite impressive just in terms of the prize money that's you know yeah significant and as you say yeah gets and gives our local pros and pros across Ireland, the UK, uh, somewhere where they can come and play. It's not going to be a lot of expense travel ways. They can stay here for, what, 10 days or so and play a bit of golf and compete. And it's good for tourism and I, lots of bed, bed places sold, people are watching, and it's going to be covered by Sky and also it does the whole thing. So well done to everybody for coming up with that idea we'll be following up on that obviously over the next few podcasts coming up to it we'll be speaking to people at Carndu and Gal Gorman, Clandy Boy and one thing and so well done everybody, exciting times for a wee bit of golf closer to home and finally this week um, not to end on a darn note or for us to put the, you know, our curse on anybody. But what is going on with Rory's driver and how worried should we be, PK, with the opening men's major of the season around the corner? Uh, you know, the one that's a bit like the Scottish play that we are not allowed, we're not allowed to mention. mention. Yeah, we're not the podcast. You're not allowed to mention that that major on the podcast. You know what? I the re. The, the, the driver thing's weird because it's clearly Scotty Scheffler using the same brand of driver. Mm-hmm. Won the players by a country mile. So, yeah. I mean, no, not everybody's, you know, it's all about feel and stuff like that. But I think the issue with Rory's driver is he's talking about it being used that much that it's some of the, it might not pass some of the regulations on you know, core efficiency and spring effect and all that sort of stuff, which is fine. But the question is, should you not have worked that out all on your off season? And and where does that leave it? Where where you know where's the the thought pattern? What's going on here in the per, in prep for Augusta? Oh, 
You know what I mean? No, that's just the venue. You can say that yeah. one. Where's mm-hmm. the, you know, and listen, he's playing in the match playing next week or whenever, and it could yep. well be that he'll have everything sorted out, but it just mm-hmm. maybe shows signs of where four or five months ago, everything was so rosy in the garden, and he didn't have to think about anything. Now he's just having to think about equipment and stuff, and it's never yeah, good. And I think, well, no, I think the other thing is that there's, you know, he's like the unofficial second commissioner of the PGA Tour at the minute, isn't he? So he's got, you know, he's got an awful lot going on and a lot to think about and a lot to talk about all the time. And then just to have your game, then suddenly something major like that being off is, I mean, you say it's major. I mean, these things, that's the thing, isn't it? It's always, we're talking about such small margins here that that's really having a big effect that's hopefully will take a minimum change for maximum impact and fixing it also um so yeah like you say and i think the key thing is as well you know there's people to jump on the, on them quite quickly when it was taken out of context this comment as well saying lots of bryson's not previously allowed to like criticize it but it wasn't that at all sure it wasn't it wasn't him he wasn't criticizing his his brand or the people who make the cover i think it just you know he's saying himself it's um user issues rather than anything else and it's him getting used to it which is um fine but also not fine <laughs> no it's not fine it's not so, fine it's actually it's actually worth looking his stats aren't great now he's he led yeah. he led in so many things um and yet you know he won straight out in in in, in the middle east he's not played particularly badly but he's just doesn't he hasn't just yeah. been as sharp as he was Maybe. towards the end of last season I suppose the only thing is as well, like the, the Arnold Palmer, he had that shocker of a first round and then, you know, he was nearly in the playoff, you know, nearly close to going to the playoff for that one. So the, the players is a, the players is a weird one for a lot of them. Like they, I think yeah. a lot of them have a strange relationship with that golf course anyway. So I don't, I would hope that maybe we can't judge too much by it being sawgrass where, okay. He missed the cut and everything went wrong. I don't know. Don't, that's what don't, I'm don't panic. No panic from Emma. No panic. Don't hit the panic button. No doodle. Don't press the red button just yet. I think I think we're all right. And then when he goes and, and loses every game in the match play, then, then we can start panicking. <laughs> Until then, it's all fine, right? <laughs> right. We'll, we'll, no, we'll, we'll say no more about it. That's us actually now for the for the opening episode of 2023. As I said, Julie, you'll hear about the NI swing in more detail over the coming weeks. And um, before we go, a couple of dates for your diary. The Irish Challenge obviously will return to Hedford uh, from July the 27th to the 30th. Put that in the old diary. And the mm-hmm. Irish Legends, which was won last year by Philip Price, it's heading to Seapoint um, from June the 22nd to the 25th. Just down the road, great track, Sea Point, lovely course. And that's mm-hmm. us, Emma. Back at it. Listen, great to see you again. Ooh, More chats later that's on. I'm glad to see you could join me today, Emma, because like we were meant to record this yesterday. <laughs> but uh, tell tell our tell our listener what happened. Tell tell our <laughs> listener what happened. We were potentially meant to record the podcast yesterday. Um, in fact, we were very much meant to record the podcast yesterday. And about 20 minutes after the time we were meant to start recording the podcast, I woke up uh, from putting myself to bed and realized that I had missed the window for recording said podcast. Okay. So I am in the doghouse, but have been forgiven very graciously. You've been forgiven. Yes. 
We're meant to hear about St Andrews before we go. Oh, before we go quickly, St Andrews, you managed to actually talk yourself out of that. Ah, but the one thing we all need to know is, were you there during the very short-lived patio phase? Of the just after, just after, just after. So, so this was all, this, all this a bad was, dream by that point. Yeah, <laughs> this was my fiftieth birthday. So we sort of present myself, me and my regular four ball. We booked it away back in May. It's a winter deal yeah. to do. You play off mats, but that's all right. We got three mm-hmm. cracking days. The weather was fine. Oh. It was cold, but it was dry. And um, we played the Eden, the new, and the old course, and it was just fantastic. Yeah, three days did, of golf. And did you fill on charts of fire down the beach as well? No, we did didn't. It was it was brace. <laughs> it would have been bracing to say the least. However, what the one thing I will say about it is that I kind of had in my head St Andrews, home of golf. People might be a bit sort of you know a wee bit stuffy, and do you know what mm-hmm. the crack, the welcome, yeah. the just how warm people were. They were up for a bit of nonsense talk and they were keen to, you know, everybody could have done enough for you, point you in the right mm-hmm. direction. Are you here to play golf, lads? Yes, go in there. There's a bite to eat. There's a hotel, everything. And I know that it's a service sort of industry and it's all part of, but it was just so, it was so accessible. People were so nice. People were so friendly, you know, even the green staff saying, no, no, mm-hmm. you need to go there or you need to go over here or, you know, all that sort of thing, which which made you feel that you weren't at a, such an iconic venue, mm-hmm. but you were. It made you, it didn't make, you weren't in awe of anything. You didn't feel like, oh, here at St. Andrews, you got to whisper, it's a library. No, no, yeah. no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. You know, golf is a town, and I, and I did uh, I did uh, have a chat with a few people, and uh, I met Roger McStravick there from Lurgan. Met him for half an hour, writer of the great books. We had a first time but sat down with him, and oh. uh, as he said himself, you know, I, when I was explaining all this, and he just said, listen, people have that notion in their head, he said, but really, golf is St. Andrews, and St. Andrews is golf, and it, there's mm-hmm. no stuff in it. It's everybody in the town talks golf and understands golf and is employed in golf and it's just it's just a great big town you've been I presume I have I've obviously not played but yes I've been there a couple of times and it's exactly the same and I think it's just it's like one big golf community and everybody's proud and they want you yeah want you to see and experience it at its absolute best and have the best experience of it and rather than well, this is ours and you're lucky to be here. There's like there's none of that. That is the exact thing. Yeah. It's it's mm. go out and experience it and enjoy it and come mm. back and tell us how much you enjoyed it. And we'll sit and listen to you tell us all about how you played. And I'm sure they've heard yeah. that story 900 times, but they're just so genuine about it. So I yeah, can't say, I, I cannot say enough them. about it. I cannot say enough it really was a brilliant trip so yes thanks for asking i nearly forgot that i would advise anybody and genuinely okay you take a risk with the weather but i would advise anybody it's a winter deal to do you go online to andrew's links and you can just book it and take a chance great value we got on the ferry we drove over we stayed in the town fantastic great experience oh you'll be back for your 51st Listen, it was really good, and, and it was a nice, a nice wee birthday present for myself. So, 
now next on the agenda is um I don't know Pebble Beach maybe something like that. Ooh, oh nice. Yeah. 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 I can see it Pebble. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's us. Listen, good to chat. I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Alright, don't touch me. Sea woo. Shaking that ass.